Episode 61, March the 6th, 2013, The Cholo for Everyone. You are listening to This is Atleti, the only podcast in English dedicated to Atletico de Madrid. In today's episode... Atletico Madrid and Diego Pablo Simeone agree to a four-year contract extension. Atleti draw versus Malaga. Could have been better, but it could have been worse, too. Diego Costa called up by Luis Felipe Scolari. Who would have told us? Real Sociedad is a tough upcoming match. With Real Madrid trailing close behind, it's make or break for Atleti. And now the red and white fact of the week. Diego Pablo Simeone's extension can turn Cholo into the coach who has kept the job the longest period of time in Rocky Blanco history. The current record was set by legendary goalkeeper and coach who gives name to the La Liga goalkeeping award, Ricardo Zamora. Zamora was Atletico Aviacion coach from 1940 to 46. Atletico Aviacion was Atleti's official name in the 40s after a post-war merger with the Spanish Air Force Football Club. Hello everyone and welcome back to This is Atleti, your space of 100% Atletico Madrid news and opinion. This is Ricardo Mendez once again hosting the show and tonight... As usual, from over the Atlantic, yet loud and clear, Martin Rosenau. How are you, Martin? Hey, doing great, guys. Yeah. Nice to talk to you again. It's great having you. And, and we also have uh, Derek Mayen. How are you, Derek? I'm fine, Ricky. Thanks for asking. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with a bit of a cold or, or a flu. I'm not really sure what it is, but I'm not feeling that, that great these days. So I'll, I'll try not to talk. and I'll, I'll let you guys do the talking today. It's probably because Aleri isn't playing any midweek games anymore. Yeah. You're just missing the rhythm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> must be that, must be that. Okay, so um, let's get started. Um, today was a really exciting day because um, for the first time, I can recall at least, Atletico is is um, trying something they've, they've never tried before, and it's called patience, and it's called having a long-term project. And things look great because having Simeone tied to the club uh, up to 2017 uh, sounds fantastic. And um, the four-year agreement um, that binds Aleti and Cholo's fate, well, it seems to be a very positive move, both for Aleti from the point of view of um, uh, respect uh, from rivals and um, regaining a space in history, and for Cholo who um, is is living a period of unprecedented uh, success in the club. Um, it's just a win-win situation, and well, these, this is probably one of the best moments in, in Atleti history, or at least in Atleti's recent history. How do you guys um, see the move? Um, are you surprised, even though we've been talking about this for a long time, are you surprised that such a long uh, deal finally came, came, they came, they came to an agreement? Derek, for example. Um, yeah, I am slightly surprised. I mean, I did expect him to extend his contract, even if there was some interest from other clubs. But I don't think anybody expected, expected, expected it to be a four-year deal. And I think the magic word here is stability, which is something that we have been lacking for such a long time. And I believe it was something that uh, Simeone himself mentioned today during his presser. Um, I think the stability is really something that we as fans and Um, the Atletico as a club has needed for such a long time because I don't think we've had any stability 
what since uh, probably since Jesus Gil took over and since then we have just been a roller coaster of a club and um, I'm I'm glad that finally there's someone um, committing to the club who has the backing of every single person in and outside of the club and um, I think that our future is really bright with Simeone at the helm and let's hope that at least he stays most of his four-year um, contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was totally surprised that it was four years. That, that's crazy and unthinkable when it comes to Atleti's recent past of firing. I think it was an average of uh, at least one manager per year in the mm-hmm. past decade. That's yeah. what it pretty much felt like. And if like you go 20 years back, it's like two managers per per year. Yeah. It was incredible. Right. And then Cholo's specific quotes today were, were uh, what Derek was referring to. We'll be in search of stability and balance to grow as an institution. And, I mean, what better way than to have a long-term solution at coach? Uh, what I also hope to see is long-term uh, with regard to the players that are at the club, not so much transition. Uh, the the biggest example was, you know, going from a whole different 11 in the 2010 Europa League final uh, and then in 2012, a completely different squad mm-hmm. just two years later. Yes, there was success too, but, you know, that you're not always going to get that lucky where in two years you have a completely different squad to win, you know, a final again. And hopefully with Cholo sticking around for four years, you know, he really draws uh, bigger players, you know, to want to come to Atleti. But like we talked about last time, for our big stars right now to want to stick around. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of quotes from today's uh, press conference. My renewal is a success for the club. We will grow one step at a time. Um, on the one hand, you're saying, okay, um, this is a happy ending um, story. But at the same time, there's like this certain expectation. What's going to happen at the end of the season? I can still see Falcao leaving the club. How do you guys address that issue? I think that with Simeone st- uh, staying, we've um, significantly increased our chances of keeping Falcao. Um, but yeah, of course, there will be rumors. And um, I mean, clubs like Chelsea, Man City, they're not having great seasons. So they will be looking to spend big in the transfers uh, window in the summer. So, I mean, we're always going to go through this with our star players where we are uncertain whether they'll stay or not. And there will always be plenty of transfer rumors. And um, I don't think that's something that's going to stop. But at least I do believe that there's a very good, a very big chance that Fakawa actually stay now that he sees how committed Diego Simeone is to, to the cause and um, I'm pretty confident that we'll actually be able to, to keep Falcao at the club a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing is that uh, in a couple of years, I think it's like two to, no, probably three years, uh, I think we get over most of our tax, you know, debt. And the fact that Simeone has a chance of still being around once we clear that debt is, is promising too. We can actually start even building further, you know. And then... Uh, respectable Spanish journalist Ruben Uria, I'm sure Ricky can back that claim mm-hmm. up. Uh, he talked about, he, he specified more stuff that Atletico uh, didn't address, and he talked about that Simeone is going to be directly responsible for approving uh, any transfer. And he, to, in order to agree to a four year uh, extension, he basically, you know, he, he said that. Uh, if anyone sold at the club, 
will have to have a high quality replacement. Okay, but every every um, let's get on the um, other side of the story. Every every part, uh, piece of good news comes with a cost. Um, Seaman is signing a one million euro contract. That's that's um, superstar uh, contract level. You worried about that issue of having such a steep contract um, might might be something that um, Atletico will um, will not be sure whether they need to terminate the contract if things go go wrong. I know there are certain termination clauses in in the contract, but I I think they're referred to beginning of seasons and end of seasons. Um, how do you guys see that issue of having such a, a high salary? You're such a negative Nancy, Ricky. I mean, you're already, already talking about firing the coach. Man. No, 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 no. We, we have to get on both sides of the story. I mean, I, I just want to see it from every single perspective. Well, to be honest, um, I had heard about the, there being some um, clauses, so I'm not uh, exactly sure on the details. The, uh, the clauses, there are basically two termination clauses. There's a termination cl- clause on the side of the manager, and there's a termination clause on the side of the club. The club can decide to not renew the manager at the end of each, each season, and um, the, um, the manager can, can quit the job if he is called by the Argentinian national team or a foreign team um, uh, which is especially interesting for him for whatever reason, uh, but I think that the national team is um, could, could happen mid-season, but the rest of the situations would be at the end of each season. Now, those are the details that um, haven't been disclosed. But are you especially worried about um, the facts? Um, Simeone's contract was was always said to be a high contract. Um, a million euro contract seems like something really important. Um, do you have any thoughts on 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 that issue? Well, I, well, I mean, that, if you, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, um, I think that uh, Simeone um, deserves it completely because he's been here um, a little bit over a year. He's won two major European um, prizes and he's on his way to winning his third cup final um, in a, a year and a half. And I think that he's brought this team not just to the top of the table. But he's actually um, given this entire club its identity back, and he's made us all believe about the club Atletico Madrid. He's done so much um, to restore the image of this club, and I think that there is no money that could possibly reward Simeone. No? Okay, to be completely honest, I was just trying to create a bit of debate here, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he totally deserves uh, the superstar um, salary. Um, I'm sure that if we had Mar- um, Gary on the show right now, uh, we would get at least a bit of debate. I know that Gary's not a huge well, fan of at least Simeone's message and some of the things Simeone does, but... Um, well, he's trying to get him to go to Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that, maybe that. <laughs> there, is, there is something, though, that um, I think that could be a possible uh, downside to the entire deal, where, um, Martin, you mentioned before how Ruben Uria said that Simeone will have more of a say in our transfer dealings, um, and I'm slightly worried, though, that I saw, uh, for example, when he coached Catania in, it- uh, in Italy, um, where he brought in lots of Argentinian players. And um, we've seen here at Atletico how he brought Emilio uh, Insua in, who's yet to play, who's yet to feature for Atletico. Are you slightly concerned that he might just sign players that are not exactly up to the Atletico standard simply because they're Argentinian, for example? 
Mm, I'm not too worried about it. I'm more worried about his uh, tendency to, to want these older veteran players. I mean, obviously it works uh, to a certain degree, but it seems like he, he favors veterans, guys in their, you know, 30s, early 30s, people like Catadillas, you know and what I mean? Chavo, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Thiago. And, and Last year it was Perea. Yeah, they, I, I totally the agree with you. Like, yeah, and Catadillas, for example, uh, people say, you know, if Pulido really was good enough and really was better than Catadillas, then he would play. I don't believe that. I think that Cholo gives more deference to the fact that Catadillas is a veteran versus Pulido being a youngster. Uh -huh. I don't know how you guys uh, see that. But at the same time... Um, Simeon is, is especially famous for having developed uh, quite a, an impressive amount of, of youth talent in the, in the teams where he's coached, um, specifically at River Plate. Um, he played Falcao when Falcao was 16. Yeah. The first time, and, and a, a, a very important amount of players um, played with, with uh, Simeone. Um, while he was at, at River Plate, while he was at um, at um, San Lorenzo, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that I get mixed feelings there because on on the one hand, I do agree with you that um, he does favor um, experience, but at the same time, he feels like he has a moral debt of of um, developing younger players. The thing is, in Argentina, the league's different. You know what I mean? They have the more they want to promote these youngsters so that they can sell them off to Europe. So he might have more of an imperative to put them in there as opposed to at Atleti. We've seen the cases of a lot of youngsters at Atleti. I think pretty much Coke is the only one who who won the job. But I mean, he he, uh, you know, he's a veteran youngster. He's been around. He started even with Kike, you know. So I mean, which youngster at Atleti? In the past, you know, since Simone got here, has he really given a, a, a chance to? Well, um, anyway. people are talking about Saul Niguez. He's getting uh, quite a few um, chances uh, to play, and um, at the beginning of the seasons, he of the season he had um, covered in 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 the squad quite frequently. I don't think. I, I think we'll probably get to see more Cantera players now than we ever have in the last uh, five to ten years. I don't know what you think, Derek, there. Mm, I, I can see Martin's point here, to be honest, because, um, but the problem is, with success, there are always some downsides, and for example, we are second in La Liga right now. We can't afford to um, play any games where we just say, well, alright, let's give these guys a chance because they might actually do well and we can just see how it goes. No, we're now in a position where we need to win every single game because we want to finish second, we want to finish above Real Madrid. And I think that that kind of limits um, a coach in giving um, his secondary players a chance. And um, that's why you, you only see players like Manquillo or Sao Niguez if it's really necessary or if, or if we're playing a cup game in the start of the season. But... Um, I can't fault Simeone here because he's doing a job where he's expected to win every single game. Mm -hmm. And um, right. on the other hand, if you were to to start one of our youngsters and we lose, then we know exactly what reaction you'll get from the public, where people criticize him for not playing a veteran player. So mm -hmm. it's always a, a, a very difficult choice for a coach. And 
Well, uh, I would think uh, that at this point, if he did play a youngster, you know, the public's been clamoring for it to a certain degree to see Oliver more often. And if Oliver fails, I don't think people will take it out against Simeone. I think they'll say, okay, good, he gave him a chance. He didn't do well. Now we know why he's not giving him a chance. Let's move on. You know what I mean? I see it like that. And then early on in the season, he did call up Khaled and he did get to play, but that was in an extreme circumstance when in the first game, Juan Fran and Philippe were both injured. And then the other reason why I think we've been seeing more Cantera, I think just plainly obvious, is because we've been more financially strapped lately. Uh-huh. You know, so we can't just buy stars like we did in the past to fill in, you know, in, in the middle of the but, season. We can't just spend $12 million. But that might be uh, good news because that's what people want. Right. It is good news. I think it is good news. If, if, we, if we are really developing good players, the thing is that I, I, I have doubts whether you can really develop top-notch players in, in Segunda B um, and not having them in, in, the, in the second t- tier. Um, having them two divisions below um, Primera is, is maybe too much of a step for, for players to develop. No, I fully agree because you do have to um, to wonder these players that are in the, the B team right now, are they actually good enough to feature in the first team of Atletico Madrid? Isn't the step too big? And that's why, for example, Diego Costa has been such a success this season because he has been brought up through different levels of the, the Spanish football leagues and you could see last season at Rio that he was finally really ready to step up um, at a bigger club, and that's exactly what he's done this season at Atletico, but okay, well, he's also needed to... We'll get there later, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't see Diego Costa's thing coming. I mean, mm. no matter how optimistic, and I'm normally pretty optimistic with players, um, yeah. I could never see this coming. Um, such a successful Costa. Uh, but before we get there, uh, let's talk about the, the Malaga and Real Sociedad matches, the, the one we just played and the one we're playing uh, this weekend. Um, both crucial matches, both against um, teams that are in the upper part of, of the chart. And um, we, we, had a, we had a draw against Malaga, which is... Um, it's like closing the circle of uh, uh, right before Simeone's renewal because uh, Malaga was a team we uh, that Simeone started against and also with a draw. And um, back then it was it was drawing against the Champions League t- side and and people were pretty optimistic because they saw signs of recovery in the team. The team seemed to have a spirit that we hadn't been we hadn't seen for a, for quite a few matches. And right now, a year and a half later, with two more cups in in our trophy case, um, it just doesn't seem enough. Uh, we had the feeling that we could have won that match. And I read a really interesting article about um, what, what the Simeone effect actually is. It's um, drawing the matches you used to lose, um, winning the matches you used to draw, and beating senseless um uh, mm. Some of the teams you used to win one or two or two to zero. Like scrape by again. Well, I I I disagree with you, Ricky. That this was a disappointing result because beforehand I was actually very nervous about this game and I expected Malaga to be a lot stronger than uh, the they eventually showed up to be. I'm uh, talking from a supporter point of view. If you remember, I predicted a a, a goal is draw. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, if you think about, okay, yeah, it was a goalless draw, but, you know, we were coming from playing a game in the middle of the week. They had a full 
week of rest, and we still dominated pretty much the whole game. Uh-huh. I, I wasn't disappointed per se. Like I've been more upset about draws, these types of zero-zero draws or or ties on the road, but this one in particular, given the circumstances, given the fact that we had played uh, just days before and they had a full week's rest, and we were still able to dominate the way we did, I saw a lot of promise going forward now that we're going to have, you know, week after week of rest. Uh-huh. So I, I wasn't disappointed. Of uh, course, I would have loved... Derek, sorry, I, I interrupted you before. Yeah, I think there's something, um, going back to what you said before, Ricky, how Simeone has changed um, our expectations, for example. And I think that that was something that actually showed during uh, Sunday's game where... Um, even Malaga seemed slightly afraid of us because before, when we used to play uh, against teams which are coached by Manuel Pellegrini, then usually they are uh, very well in possession, they play the ball around very well, and this time Malaga, they seemed so cautious, they were afraid of Atletico's uh, prowess on the counter-attack, and they just sat back. I think Atletico actually dominated possession while while we were playing on the road, and I thought it was interesting to see because as Martin said, they had a full week's rest. Um, Atletico had just come off a very um, big Copa uh, game against Sevilla, but we actually were the stronger side um, at the Rosalade, and it's something that surprised me in a in a positive way because um, I think that, that it, it showed how much um, pe- uh, how much teams respect Atletico Madrid right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if even Malaga, which is which still is a Champions Champions League team, which still is the number four. Uh, team in La Liga, um, how afraid they were, or even, or actually seemed to be of Atletico. I think that's something um, very positive, actually. Mm-hmm. It is, it is. And um, uh, well, and looking ahead, Real Sociedad, very hard side to beat, and they're playing very well. Um, Griezmann, that that player that was so close to coming to Atletico, he's. Um, I, I I just love him. Um, he's he's a, he's he would be a great player on the team. Carlos Vela. Um, I, I think we all have memories of Carlos Vela and and um, mm. how upsetting uh, one of his goals were um, last season. Um, fr- from the point of view of um, the type of football they play, I just love the way Real Sofia plays. So I can see a tough match. Um, Real Sofia is, is even a better side than last season. But I still think we can. We're going to continue winning because the team is so solid and flawless in in home matches. Um, I don't know how how you guys predict the match to be, uh, Martin. I I expect uh, at least a two goal margin of victory, whether it's two nothing, three one. That that's what I expect uh-huh. from our team. Uh, Costa was shut down this past weekend. The Michelis, you know, was all over him, or they were all over each other, really. But um. I'm sure he's going to come out. I don't think uh, I don't think they have a defender that can close close down or shut down both Falcao and Diego Costa. Mm-hmm. So I expect us to get at least two goals. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- there seems to be a certain dip in in Falcao's performance. Maybe because of the rise of Diego Costa's um, numbers. I don't know if you guys see the same the same thing. Uh, yeah, I, and I think that's, for me personally, it's very hard to, to point out what exactly is the cause or um, what he's doing differently than before, because I don't think there is anything that he's doing differently, but perhaps it's um, 
the change in our system that we now play with uh, Diego Costa up top as well instead of playing with a playmaker, which is something that Simeone has used before with Diego or Coca. Um, but I do agree with you there that he either seems to have a slight dip in his form or he's being used differently by his teammates. But Focal does seem not as involved as he used to be. Do you agree, Martin? Uh, yes, and then uh, I think I know why, and it's that I, I honestly think that Costa's just taking up his space. You know, he's the type of forward that wants to be up there by himself. And if you see the average positioning, you look up the statistics websites like who scored and, and ESPN FC, uh, Costa's actually averaging more up top, more forward, more more in an advanced position than Falcao. Falcao's playing just behind him, and I really do think that he's maybe using Costa. He, he's trying to find. I, I think he's still trying to find a way to play off of Costa, mm-hmm. basically. Have you have you have you seen those heat maps that there uh, have become so popular about um, following where where a player? Um, moves around the field. Have you seen Diego yeah. Costa's uh, heat maps? He tends to play always on the left, though he sh- he's he's um, a right-legged uh, player, and and I find that really surprising. He 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 always looks for the opposite side of of the field to to try to to catch um, the defender in 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 a certain way that's harder for the for 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 a right back to defend another another right back player. I mean, another right leg player. Um, yeah, and then he gets the inside. He he can beat him to the inside to get the shot. I yes, guess is what he's looking true. for too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, ta- linking into this, um, we have the the Diego Costa issue. Um, Derek, two episodes ago, you said. <laughs> I'm gonna remind this for the rest of my life. When he wins the World Cup with a Diego Costa goal, um, no, 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 uh, seriously. Um, the the talk here in Spain is that um, why not call Diego Costa for the Spanish national team? And that's been um, highly echoed by by the by the media in recent days. I find it surprising because I think that especially in that position, the the competition is just outstanding. You have um, players that are similar, like Negredo and Soldado. You have completely different players, like uh, Torres uh, or or Villa. You have you have um, Michu. Um, th- there are so many different players to play in um, for for to fight for two or three spots. I really don't think that Diego Costa could add to that incredible amount of variety that the Spanish national team has. But mm, there was a bit of worry in Brazil that the Spanish national team was entitled to call um, uh, to call up uh, uh, Diego Costa for the Spanish national team, um, play him in, 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 in a friendly, and they would have the, the right to, to play him with the Spanish national team. I find it quite surprising. I wasn't I wasn't expecting events to develop this way, and um, finally he's been called up by Luis Felipe Scolari. He's going to um, he's going to um, he's going to two friendlies, I think, uh, next month. And uh, well, what are your thoughts on on these on on uh, Diego Costa's uh, call for the national team. Martin. There, are, there are two things that Diego Costa needs to have if he wants to play for Spain. 
the first thing is he needs a Spanish passport. He does have a Spanish passport. Does he finally have one? Well, I think he does. He's no, he doesn't have it yet. I don't think. I think he's still taking up one of the non-EU spots. I think Diego Costa has been applying for a Spanish passport for years. For years, we've been begging for him to get one because we wanted him to clear up one of the um, the spots for a non-EU player. Well, uh, well, that was that was the whole issue with Salvio. Too. Yeah, but it's yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. That was the issue a couple of uh, well, last season, but um, right now it's. It's um, strange because the Ocos has been in Spain for so long. Yeah, yeah it's, still, it's still not done, though. Uh-huh. The second thing that Diego Costa really needs if he wants to be called up for Spain is to have his cell phone with him, and uh, <laughs> that's always going to be a problem with it. No, but the right cell phone. Yeah, really, we, we need to congratulate Diego Costa on his achievement because it's, it's great, and... Um, as fantastic as the Spanish national team is right now, I will always maintain that the Brazilian national team, the Seleção, is the greatest national team in the world, um, with the biggest pool of talent. And he's been called up by their national team coach, which is, which is just amazing, which goes to show how much he has grown as a player and how well he's done for Atletico. They were playing, they, they were playing users there up, up front. They were playing Ronaldinho, and I don't remember who the other one was, but it was they, one of they, those... They actually called up Kaka, can you believe that? Yeah. Well, okay. Kaka's playing fantastically in um, the, the last half a month. But uh, I guess that when you're Kaka, you, you, you get evaluated on a game-to-game basis. Did you guys see Pitarch, what he recently said? No. Where he, he talked about how uh, Diego Costa's market value at this point is about $30 million and that there's no more informed player than him and Cristiano at the moment. Yo, well, I, I, they, they were saying he was trying to take credit. <laughs> well, he he does have some credit to claim there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm having a look at, at um, the, the list. Ronaldinho's on the list, and I'm trying to check who who the rest of the forwards are. Why do I do your remember? We were always used to complain about Pitark, who brought, who went to all these trips from Brazil, who yeah. on vacation all the time, and he he always brought with him guys like Eller and Kleber and Elias. And but actually now, if you look to the uh, at the actual team, then we have Miranda who signed on a free transfer, and Diego Costa who signed for peanuts, and, and they, they're both up front for him. Yeah, yeah, he deserves some credit for that. Yeah. Is he, who had Philippe? Uh, Felipe was... was him too, right? Was yeah. Too, yes. Yeah, Felipe, but that was, exactly, uh, was always a Gilmarin deal. Uh, it was the, directly a president-to-president deal. They always okay. um, say that, referring um, to that deal, that um, Pitas didn't didn't participate. But, for example, Miranda is a perfect example of, of, of um, how... How Pitas deserves some credit for for what he did. Um, well, um, I don't know. Uh, do, do you guys do you guys think he's actually going to play in these in these games? Well, one thing that I do think that um, they didn't call him up just because there were talks of him being called up for Spain. I don't believe that's the reason. And as you mentioned before, there's not actually. Um, 
it's not a full commitment because he could still play for Spain in the future in an official game. I think that he actually merits this this call and um, based on his play, based on his performance, um, it is a friendly, so he's probably going to get some minutes, although it would be another huge surprise, but we've had plenty of those these past days. It would be a huge surprise if he actually starts, but I can't see that happen. Mm-hmm. I do see him getting minutes, yeah, at least one of those games. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, Marcelo for, uh, for Real Madrid is going as well, and I find that really funny. He's 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 um, run into another problem with with his driver's license. Have you have you heard about that? Another Real Madrid player uh, in trouble with his car. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're gonna end, end up uh, going to training sessions on a bus <laughs> because none of them are gonna have a driving license. <laughs> well. Uh, oh, man. Looking Wait, one more thing on the Costa, on Costa, the friendlies, he plays against Italy. That that might be interesting if he plays against some Italian defenders. I'd against like Balotelli, you're, you're thinking yeah. of Balotelli, <laughs> Costa uh, situation. We, we might need to call the army in that case. I know, right? <laughs> um, I can't, I can't imagine a clash more interesting to see right now than that one. Um, Pepe. Pepe and, and Costa. Uh, Pepe and something we get every year, but uh, <laughs> Costa Balotelli is is something we haven't seen yet. It could be interesting. Uh, well, tying into the the Real Madrid um, mal joking, um, the Copa del Rey f- uh, final match. Uh, there are still talks that that the match. Mm, well, there isn't a, a specific venue uh, for the match yet, but. Um, what are your feelings? Um, Atletico Madrid is um, is pushing forward the idea of playing at the Vicente Calderón. Uh, Real Madrid wants to play outside of Madrid. Don't ask me why. And um, what would you like, or or do you think that any situation is is more convenient? I really don't think that playing at your own, uh, own stadium is that cool. No, I like the idea of the Bernabeu because if you play at home, then you always the charge will be, oh, okay, yeah, you had home field advantage. But when it comes to these games, it's pretty much fifty-fifty for sure, right? Mm-hmm. The the tickets to so if it's that, I I wouldn't mind the Bernabeu where you could have fifty thousand Atleticos, you know, in mm-hmm. attendance, and and for sure they'll be making a lot more noise than the Real Madrid fans. Mm-hmm. I read today on Twitter that um, Cordoba and Getafe have actually put their stadium forward, uh, and I think that solves it. Let's all just go to Getafe, which is in Madrid <laughs> and which is also outside of Madrid. I think that's. I'm too pretty cool. sure that the training ground of Atletico Madrid holds more people than <laughs> <laughs> the Coliseum. It must be more or less the same. Well, it has the same attendance for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, interesting. Getafe, yeah. <laughs> can't see can't see that happening. I could go walking from my from my home. That's that that would be capacity. Pre- yeah, I just checked the capacity. It's seventeen thousand. Yeah, seventeen thousand. Yeah, <laughs> super tiny. Um, well, uh, Real Madrid was was talking about Mestalla. Um, I, I I really don't understand why they would want to leave. Uh, Madrid. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, Martin, thank you very much. Uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon, and hopefully we'll talk again um, while we're still in second position after um, beating uh, Real Sociedad Census, right? Yep, that's what I hope. And uh, Derek, talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, guys. It was a pleasure again. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, hopefully with a, with a better voice for the next episode.
So this wraps up another episode of Red and White Passion. Remember to send your views by Twitter at This Is Letty, Facebook at Facebook.com slash This Is Letty, or by email on info at This Is Letty.com. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you will continue to listen to us. You can subscribe to the podcast or download it via iVox or iTunes. Thank you for Seth Letty. If you would like to advertise on This Is Atleti, contact us via email on info at thisisatleti.com.